so much again for joining us today. It's been an amazing time of worship with God. We thank you so much for tuning in with us, whatever day or time that you are joining us. I want to say a special thank you to Cindy, our office administrator, who helped to edit and put together not only the, the last song that you saw, but all the worship songs as they work together as a team, our amazing tech team that's worked together to try and put everything together so that our services are available online without flaws. And it was just great to worship with you. One of the things as I watch those services in our time of celebration, I miss so desperately being with you, hearing you guys' response, lifting up our hands and worshiping together. And so I want to encourage you there in your home as you worship God and as you hear the message and the word of God that is being spoken today, that you embrace it fully. Go ahead and give me your feedback. You can do so in the chats, I know, and you can also text me, and I will check it out later. But we are so excited. Would you look to the Lord with me in prayer? Father, as we come before you in the name of Jesus, it is an incredible privilege that we, the church of Jesus Christ, gathering together today virtually, can come before you, God, and that you are present with each and every one of us. Your power, your presence, your anointing, it is real. I pray right now in the homes and in the communities around us that your peace would be there. The world can't give us peace, Lord. You said so. Only your peace works, and it settles and calms our spirit as we worship and celebrate you. God, we ask you to anoint this word as we would speak it with freedom and anointing, and that, God, you would open up our ears to receive it and hear it from you. We give this time to you. We celebrate. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. As the church and the community gathers together virtually, we do so celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This day in which we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, Easter, whatever name you want to call it, is the reason why we celebrate each and every Sunday. It is on the first day of the week, Sunday, that we in the New Testament era gather together to worship our God, for we recognize and realize that it was on this day of resurrection that Jesus Christ defeated sin, defeated death, and offered redemption to all humanity. Therefore, we no longer gather on the Sabbath day, which is actually Saturday, we gather together on the first day of the week, Sunday, to celebrate every single week the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so as some of us are hurting because we're not able to be together today on this calendar day of resurrection celebration, remember that as we gather together every Sunday, we do so for the very same purpose and reason. For it was on the first day of the week that God revealed the new covenant to us. For we are not of the old covenant law, we are of the new covenant, provided through us with the final sacrifice, which was Jesus Christ. Well, as we look at this date in history, and as we recognize that God had planned for this from the foundations of the world, we know that the resurrection is critical, it is the foundation, it is everything about our faith. For the resurrection is the foundation of what we believe about God, the God of the Bible, the one true and only God. It is what we believe in the Bible. It is how we obtain salvation. And it is the way that we will experience eternal life with God. If the resurrection is not true, neither is any of all that that we talked about. God is not the God of the Bible. He is not the God that we believe in. Salvation is not available. We are all dead in our sins. There is no hope of eternal life. There is no conquering of sin in this life. Therefore, if the resurrection does not happen or is not true, 
neither is anything else, and we are people that are hopelessly lost with nothing to look forward to in this life or after. It is indeed the resurrection itself that gives the meaning and the purpose to your life and mine. For we were created by God to have a relationship with Him. And it is through this sacrificial gift of Jesus Christ that you and I enter into that relationship which we were made for. Therefore, without the resurrection, there is no relationship. Now, I am uh, 57 years old now, and uh, I recognize some things as I am aging, although I'm not old, so just hold that one. I just want you to know this, that as we age, we come into a certain time in our lives where the body does not agree with the mind. What happens is the mind, which is myself, Dave, who is who I am, which is the soul or the person of David, is living in the reality of eternity. Everyone knows what I'm talking about when you think this through. The body begins to not function like the mind thinks it can. And sometimes the mind will send messages to the body saying, you can do this, and the body can't do it. And so as we navigate through this and we begin to understand this, we recognize the agelessness of our soul in who we are. What we are given by God in this reality, which is a non-reality, is a glimpse of the agelessness of our soul. The reality of eternity is within me. It is very obvious that you and I, as we live in this world, are eternal, but our bodies are not. If you've ever been with someone in their last moments of their life, and you were with them either in a hospital, in your home, or wherever you were, as they take their final breath, there is no doubt they depart. I've been there. I've been with believers and non-believers alike. Way too many times for my comfort level that I've been with people in their last moments here on earth. And as they depart, there's no question they depart. They are no longer there. There is nothing left but a shell or the body of who they were no matter what age they were. And I have been there with babies all the way up through very old seniors. See, the fact of the matter is the living soul that God breathed into us is and was eternal. For God himself breathed that eternal life into us when we were created in the very beginning. When he told Adam and Eve that if they would sin, they would die, it was the death of a separation of relationship with God and a punishment upon the physical body of ourselves. And the planet itself received a judgment due to our actions. It did not cease to exist in the eternity of our soul but it ceased to exist in an eternal relationship with God. 
this was the true meaning of death. See, when we come to the end of our life and we breathe the last of planet Earth's air, the resurrection is everything. But it's not just in that moment that it's everything. And we need to see that in and through God's word and what he has offered to us in this life as well as the life to come. I want to share with you some scriptures that were written by the Apostle Paul who wrote to the Corinthian church found in the 15th chapter. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then and you still stand firm in it. It is the good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. He was buried and He was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scripture said. Now, as the Apostle Paul writes to the church, he's saying, look, I want you to know you believed something and you've got to stay in that belief. And it is in that belief that God promised in Scripture long ago that Jesus Christ would not only die, but he would resurrect. And it was through that that you and I could re-enter a relationship with God that sin had separated us from. Now, as we look at this word as he talks to us and says that it is about the resurrection, it is about life, it is about eternal life, we are being confronted daily with images of death. I'm sure most of us, if not all of us, saw the pictures of New York and the mass graves that are going on there. We're being told daily of climbing death counts. But I want to say something to you. That outside of the pandemic virus deaths, people are dying of heart failure, cancer, accidents, all kinds of other diseases and problems in this world. There are people that are leaving this life constantly. And as we recognize that and realize this, what has happened is a topic that you and I tend to ignore or not really think about, never talk about, death has come front and center and it is being put in our faces on a regular basis. So now this may not sound like good news, but it is good news if you listen all the way through what I'm about to say. You're going to die. You may survive all that is going on today, but you're going to die, every one of us. And with that reality, and as we contemplate that reality for ourselves, we also know, we know that we will live. But some still argue that we do not live past this moment, this planet, this life that there's nothing else that exists beyond this moment. Let us continue reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I pick up in verse 12. 
But tell me this. Since we preach Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact... Christ has been raised from the dead. All right, you can say hallelujah. Yeah, we want to raise a hallelujah right there. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. Man, that is some amazing words right there. That is the gospel. That is our message. That's our life. That's our hope in the Christian church. This is the hope of the world. Everything hinges on this truth. Resurrection life. It is true in Christ, and it is true in us. What resurrection holds for us is also truth-based in the very purpose of his death and his resurrection. We were dead in our sins and condemned by God's law. And so God sent Jesus in order to give us an escape from the eternal punishment of our sins and what it demanded. But he also sent him so that we could reestablish the relationship that he created for us when he made man in the first place as we read here in the scriptures and in many other places in the Bible we read those words that Christ died for our sin I want you to know that Christ died to sin Christ died for sin and he defeated the verdict of sin which is death for you and I and that is eternal death a separation from God with no hope of a relationship with him Jesus Christ made a way through his death and resurrection that you and I could have a real relationship with God here and now and on into eternity past this life the purpose of this defeat of sin and death is that we might escape the judgment of God. God's own righteous law demanded a payment for sin. Now, this hope that we have found in Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, and only through Jesus Christ, is found in what we have all called in the Christian community the golden text of the Bible. Now, this is the third week in a row in the service that I will read these verses to you. But it could be read in every church service the rest of our lives. For it is the hope of the world. 
It is the hope for you and I. It is the message of God's love for you and I. For God so loved the world. Say it with me, would you? On John 3, 16, 17, and 18. Come on, speak it with me at home, right out loud. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. What an incredible message to us. It is the whole plan of redemption from God to us and an invitation telling us you can have this relationship or you cannot. And it's going to matter not only in this life, but in the life to come. And God himself is going to cast no one in hell. We will cast ourselves there by not receiving and believing in his offer of love. Those of us who have accepted this gift of salvation know it to be true. We absolutely know. And as a result of knowing that we have been forgiven by God, we have begun a new life in Christ. The Christian life. Living the faith. Changed life. A new way of living all the way around. No longer being owned by sin. Seeing life is beyond this very moment. Knowing that I have a relationship with the creator of the universe gives me peace and hope and joy in the midst of all of the uncertainties of the world. But it is in this new life that we must begin to live a new life. It is through that salvation that Jesus Christ purchased for us and God invited us into this personal relationship with Him because the old life of sin separated us from God. Now through Jesus Christ we are offered new life which we now enter into a relationship with God where we are growing in a new life given by Him. In the amazing book of Romans, the sixth chapter, there are these incredible words that you and I need to see and own and experience and know and celebrate together. It begins in that sixth chapter. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of His wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Before I read the third verse, you already know that what, who is being addressed in the Scripture are those of us who have received Christ. We believe that He died and rose again on the third day, that God has entered into relationship with us through this incredible gift. And so we are being addressed through the book of Romans saying, what about that new life? Are you living a new life? How could you be living in sin if you've entered into new life? Let's continue reading in verse 3. Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Hallelujah. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. 
We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with Him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and He will never die again. Death no longer has any power over Him. Hallelujah. When He died, He died once to break the power of sin, but now that He lives, He lives for the glory of God, so you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, man. What a great passage of Scripture for us to share in this day as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This day that we recognize the redemptive, forgiving, loving mercy of God that has been extended to us in an invitation to all who would believe entering into this relationship with God. Now we recognize that God is saying, when you enter into this relationship with me, you are entering into new life. And in this new life, you are no longer owned by sin. You're not the old person you used to be, but that Christ has provided a way for you to live in the power of God and live in a new way, a new life. It is the very same power that lives in you and I that raised Christ from the dead. In other words, what he's telling us is that God himself defeated sin and death in Christ, and it is in God's power that he did that, and therefore inside of you and I, through this amazing gift of God, we have now been given the power to live a new life. Man, I I should hear all across the city and the country, applause to God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah for the new life that you have given. Oh, my friends, I want you to know that we are living in that power. And by faith in who God is and what he has done for you and I through Jesus Christ, having given us the Holy Spirit that you and I are celebrating today, that I now live a new life because of God, not because of Dave, not because of my will, not because of my strength, but the power that raised Christ from the grave lives in me, and it is that power that allows me to live this new life. Man, I want to speak to you, Christian brothers and sisters, those of you that proclaim the name of Jesus. You say that you're saved, you call yourselves Christians, good. But I want to call you out and say that you've got to stop making excuses for sin in your life because that same power that defeated death lives in you. Therefore, if that power lives in you, then that power is greater than the sin that you think still owns you. God's word declares to us that we've been set free from the old life. So stop making excuses for sin in your life. God defeated sin and he currently defeats sin for God is more powerful than sin. God is bigger than your sin. He's bigger than your brokenness. All we have to do is believe him in this. We bring it to him. We believe what he said is truth. Remember, if God is not good to his word, then everything that we do and believe in is worthless. And if he is good to his word, and he is good to his word, 
then there is not only hope of a new life, there is new life. God's word declares both of these truths. You can't have one without the other. For as we look into scripture, we know that scripture tells us that Jesus, prophetically in the book of Isaiah, would be led like a lamb to the slaughter. We know that the word of God in Jeremiah the prophet talks about his resurrection. God is good to his word. He fulfilled his word. God will fulfill this word the same way. It is all truth. Therefore, you and I, by faith, must own all of it, not just part of it. We can't just believe in the resurrection or the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and then not believe that he has given us the power to live a new life. <laughs> Christians, it's the whole package. Look at what the Apostle Paul wrote. Remember, we just read this in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. So when he speaks this to us and he writes to us as a church, he's saying, you know, like there's a reason we're living the way we're living. It's not only for this life, but it's because there is eternal life. And so as we look at that, it's saying like the resurrection is for both, the here and now as well as eternity. If we don't have the hope of eternity, the present is meaningless. It's worthless. But because we have the hope of the resurrection in Christ for eternity, today has meaning. My life has purpose. And it is only because of Jesus that my life has hope and purpose. And we need to live it. The Christian life is one that is lived in and through the power of the resurrection. It is God's power. And that is the only way we can live it. We who are born again, we are Christians, made new, whatever terminology you want to use, need to stop selling the power of God short in our lives. I, I'm, I say this lovingly and kindly and graciously to you and to me. Whatever's in your life that God doesn't want there, get rid of it. Give it to Him, and by His power, you are set free from it. It's a simple belief in what God is and who He is and what He has promised that He would do in me and you. If we own the truth of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we must then also own the power of of God available in and through our lives right now. As I read the gospel accounts, there's a few places that I just stop and shake my head in wonder and awe and wonder my reaction in those moments. One of those would be when the apostles were in the boat, the disciples were there, and Jesus came walking on the water. How would I have reacted to that? And how would I see that? And then Peter stepping out of the boat and then sinking. And then Jesus says, what happened to your faith? Now that's not a direct quote from Scripture. You know the story and you know what's going on. Why did you stop believing? You were doing it. Why did you stop? Christian brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you right now, today. Don't look away. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. Believe Him for 
what the human mind thinks is impossible. What the enemy wants you to believe is impossible. For with God, all things are possible. And this power that raised Christ from the grave is available in your life and mine. And therefore, we need to stop selling it short. I was thinking of the same thing as Jesus was sleeping in the boat and another time that they were in a storm and they woke him up and he just spoke and the winds and the waves ceased and they were freaked out. It says in the scriptures there, they were like, what manner of man is this? This was early in Jesus' ministry with them. They were totally freaked that nature would listen. I want you to know that that God, that power is available in your and my life. It's, it's not to do the spectacular shows in nature. It's been given to us that we could live a spectacular life with God through Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you have this power, and you do if you've received Christ, then let us live with confidence and stop listening to doubt. Let's start to live our faith with confidence. I'm not talking about a self-worth, a self-value, a self-confidence. I'm talking about a value and a confidence in Christ, which affects who I am and how I see myself. For I know that I am new in Christ, and therefore I'm very comfortable with who I am because of what God has done. I also know how uncomfortable I was at what Dave had done. Therefore, as I live in the confidence of who God is in me, I can live with confidence and power. Therefore, I invite you, Christian community, to begin to live in the confidence and the power that is available to us through Jesus Christ as a gift of God's love. He is risen. He is alive. You and I who accept that truth can make that very same proclamation for us. I am risen in Christ and I am alive forevermore. The power of God lives within me and it is real. If you're struggling in your life and you're a slave to sin, you're struggling with things, the fear of death haunts you. You are in anxieties and all those things that take away our hope and our confidence in Christ. I want to tell you, because of today, God says, peace. God says, I give you hope. God says, I give you life. God says you can have a new beginning. Sin does not have to own you any longer. Fear does not have to own you any longer. You don't have to live in anxieties. You can be set free. God says so. Therefore, I invite you to embrace Him fully today. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, your death and resurrection, your beginning of new life, if you do not know Him, you can know Him today. If you don't understand that, you can ask on the chat line, you can call the office, you can email, you can text me. Please contact us and let us know if you want some help in entering into this incredible relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Christian brothers and sisters, if you do know him, <laughs> his death and resurrection has made new life possible for you and I as we grow in our faith in this new life, we should be coming to a better understanding of the fact of what God has placed within us. And therefore, we need to exercise our faith in stepping in confidence in the power of God that is now within us. 
No longer are we owned by sin. We read the scriptures. We crucified that old life in Christ, and now we are living a new life. And therefore, as Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, I want to encourage you to step up in your faith, step up in your confidence in God, step up in your maturity of the new life, and begin to believe God for complete and full deliverance, living the fullness of the gospel. And then I want to challenge you to share this good news with someone. Please. Take the opportunity that God has provided in you experiencing the resurrection power of our God and share that good news with somebody today. Don't wait. We have another live service that's going to be happening uh, at 11 o'clock. You can contact some people, invite them to be part of that service. Let them hear the good news of the gospel. Let them know what God has done for you. Invite them to be part of it. If they're not available today, later, it's going to be on, on uh, online archived there and you'll be able to connect that and send it to them you share your story let people know that the power of god lives in you there's no greater witness to the truth of the resurrection than your life and mine let us be the church that jesus died to make thank you so much for joining us today father as we close out this amazing day in celebration as the body of christ we pray for a new boldness in our faith for us owning the truth of the power that you have given to us, stepping into the fullness of this new life. And God, we pray for those that do not know you yet, but are searching. And in this very moment, they would confess that they are a sinner. They are in need of the Savior, Jesus Christ. And in confessing, repenting of that sin, believing in your sacrificial gift for us, they can have new life. We ask these things in your glorious name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being here today.